For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Jack, so we have the final six prospects here in the Reds' top prospect list here on the call-up. It's part two of this Cincinnati Reds farm system rundown, and this is usually how it goes with the super-loaded farm systems, right, Jack? We usually need to break it up into two parts or else it's going to be yep. you know, a, a really, really, really long episode. So for YouTube folk, it's, it's one long episode because that's how we like to do it for the video side, but for those listening on audio, we split it into two. And we don't really need to waste too much time with it, right? Let's let's go right into number six here, uh, Spencer Steer, which is now the top 100 guys that we're getting into on this top prospect list. So Spencer Steer, high floor, high floor, high floor. That's what it's all about. But what I think is very clear is that this guy's made a ceiling high enough to where he's a top 100 prospect, right? So that's what's really fun. What's really fun about Spencer Steer is a guy that doesn't have a plus tool. It's, you know, 50 to 55 hit. It's 50 power. It's 50 run. It's 50 defense. It's 50 everything. He is really tapped into every ounce of that slightly above average power by lifting more, uh, by improving his exit velos, and by just being a more well-rounded ball player. And now we're seeing this guy hit 20 home runs in back-to-back seasons. And that shows you, you don't need to have plus raw power to hit 20-plus home runs. If you have slightly above average raw power and you hit the ball well and have a great approach, you can hit 20 home runs. And Spencer Steer's a living example. Yeah, he is. Um, you know, my my thing with Steer is like you mentioned fifties across the board. Like he is as sure thing as you could possibly get. Now, what does peak Spencer Steer look like? I don't know. Is it that exciting? Not necessarily. But you need a Spencer Steer on your team. Spencer Steer is going to be an everyday player for the Cincinnati Reds in twenty twenty three. In twenty twenty four, maybe not. In 2025, maybe not, you know, like, but that's okay. Steer can be a utility, super utility guy for Cincinnati. He can fulfill a valuable role 
or he can turn into a trade chip because while you have guys at each position that Steer plays with a higher ceiling, you're not going to find anybody with a higher floor than Steer at any of those positions. Even Matt McClain, like McClain, while he is high floor of high floor, Steer's floor, what he just proved in the upper minors and in a brief cameo in Major League Baseball, his floor is higher. His floor is higher than any other prospect in the game right now. I mean, final 50 games of the season, and this includes the big league stint, and I know it wasn't the best big league numbers, but final 50 games of the season, 90% zone contact, yeah. low chase rates, and just played really well-rounded baseball. Like 90% zone contact, you don't come by that very often, especially with you know the at least average exit velocities that you're going to get from Steer. And then to make the improvements that he's made to be able to, to get those swing tweaks to tap into more power, which is closer to above average than it was you know, below average at that point before – uh, I, I'm really excited about what he has turned into as as a player. And I think this is an above average regular, and that's why he's a top 100 prospect. And no, I think the floor is that super utility guy, Jack. But I honestly think, like we talked about it last time, and I, I think it's just the best comp I can give. I think his, his 70th, 80th, probably closer to 80th percentile outcome is what we saw from Brandon Drury with the Reds this year. Like I think that's closer to what his ceiling can be, is especially in Great American Ballpark. That power is going to play up uh, and, and everything that he can do. He can play all over the diamond. He's just he's a really, really good defender. He can even get by a shortstop if you really needed him to, which is a testament to his athleticism. I think he could be exactly what Brandon Drury was for them, uh, which is a really darn good player. I don't have it in front of me. Was he a shortstop at Oregon? I believe so. Yeah. Okay. I mean, yeah, man, like here's here's my favorite thing about Steer, and here's why he's one of my favorite guys in the red system, and he's one of my favorite guys in minor league baseball right now. He's such an easy watch. He's never yeah. going to frustrate Reds fans, ever. And no. as a White Sox fan, I clamor for those guys that never frustrate you. Like yeah. Vaughn, if Andrew Vaughn was playing first base, he would never frustrate me, and that's yeah. why he's so good. Because you know that you're going to get quality at bats every single time he comes up. And he's not going to make very many mistakes. The only way he makes mistakes is if you put him in one of the corner outfield spots and he throws up on himself. Um, yeah. Like, that's not Steer's problem. Steer won't no. make mistakes defensively. He won't make mistakes offensively. He's going to be a very easy watch when you have to ride the peaks and valleys of an Ellie De La Cruz in due time, just like Pirates fans are riding the peaks and valleys of an O'Neill Cruz right now. He registered starts at second, first, third, short, and right last year even. And that means he can right. play left as well. Yes, correct. <laughs> so this guy can play all over. Supreme athlete in terms of you know, maybe not explosive, but just able to do anything. He's like that that one friend that's kind of good at everything. I guarantee that's what Spencer Steer is to uh, whoever his friends are. He's older at 25, which is what kind of holds him back from you know, being ahead of the next guy which I think is a really fun conversation of you know who you would pick here because it's kind of floor versus ceiling conversation. And at number five is Matt McClain. Matt McClain, to me, I think is somehow like suffering from prospect fatigue in a way, if that's fair. right? Like I, f- I feel like we're seeing his name you know, drop a little bit after being in the 17th overall pick in 2021, and I don't totally understand why. Uh, he went straight to high A in 2021 after the draft, and put up a 127 WRC plus. And then he got assigned straight to double A in his first full pro season and struck out more than we thought he would. 28% K rate. Sure. 
but he also hit more home runs than we thought he would. He had 17 home runs. He stole 27 bags, and his defense was great at shortstop, and he put up a 116 WRC+. I'll get into why he struck out because this was actually a really fun dive for me um, and really unique case here. And sure, is the hit tool closer now to you know 40 slash 50 with, with the hope uh, on the high end than the 50 slash 60? Sure. But the power is better. Uh, the staying power at shortstop is more legit. And this is a guy that's a clear plus runner. Um, I, I don't know why we're, people are souring on Matt McLean, who's still very clearly a top 100 prospect for me. And still very clearly a really, really good prospect overall. He was a 22-year-old last year who was in his first full pro season, put up an above-average year in double-A. Perception is he's 27, right? Yeah. And the fall league. I mean, the fall league is why people are are cooling on him a little bit. He had 20 bad fall league games. I forgot about that. Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, McLean, like you would think the guy's 25 with, with how – long this guy's name has been around right he was what a first round pick in high school and that he was a first round pick at a ucla and he was a high profile guy at a high profile program in college and um you know he he came out guns blazing in dayton right he was uh, immediately get out of college and go to high a and rake and then you start the year in high a and rake and then you go to double and you struggle a little bit so i don't want anybody to think that just because he struggled in his first taste of double A, that means he's screwed because he's not. I also am not sure if his game has changed entirely like the grades are, are showing right now. Like, would you be more sold that he's a 40 hit guy or a 50 hit guy? No, I think he's going to be a 50 hit guy, but he's presently a 40 hit guy. Yeah. I mean, do you think that he is a 55 raw guy or do you think he's a 50 raw guy? I think that's that was the one I actually sat thinking about more than I'd like to admit. Um, I think he's going to get to the 55, but it's it's uh, it's interesting because the exit velos aren't crazy, but they're still a, a tick above steer. And I'm like, OK, well, if steers a 50, then he's got to be 55 because it's a tick above that. So, right. So my thing is. I think it's more likely that he's a 50 hit 50 power guy yeah. as opposed to a 45 hit 55 power guy or a 40 hit 60 power. Oh, guy. absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And, so and I'm I, with you on that. And what's really interesting is I did the dive for me. It was not about whiffs. It was approach and specifically on fastballs. His swing decisions were bizarre. I, I watched so many at bats where first pitch fastball right down the middle and then second pitch elevated fastball that he, he fouls off or swings through. And then he'd take third pitch fastball down the middle. I'm like, what's happening? So his chase rates are low. So you think, oh, he walks a lot and he's got a good approach. He walks a lot. That's good. He doesn't expand the zone on breaking balls. I think he's got a good approach on breaking balls. It seemed like high spin fastballs was something he just wasn't seeing as much maybe in the back 12 and just kind of caught him by surprise in double A and, and high spin fastballs are the biggest difference in double A. And, and yep. that was something that was a lot for him. And I think he was just really struggling to lay off of the high fastballs, would get in his head a little bit on heaters and then start taking them down the middle. Like it was really wild to see how many first pitch fastballs that he was taking down the middle. He only swung at 10% of first pitches. That's really low, especially for a guy that has the ability to put bat on ball like he does. That's why I think he's going to be a 50 hit to a guy. I just can't give it to a guy that has the approach issues that he has poor swing decisions, but doesn't chase. You don't see that very often. You have like a Venn diagram. It usually wouldn't wouldn't work out the way that it, that it is with Matt McClain. Um, 
And I think he's going to improve that. If he was swinging through fastballs down the middle, I'd be more concerned. But he's swinging through fastballs at, at the letters that are borderline strikes and then taking pitches that he should be hitting. That's what I really see right now, and I think that's a very fixable issue. He's not chasing the breaking balls, which is why he's walked a lot. He needs to just really kind of shore up the approach. Staying power at shortstop, added impact, in-game power is better, uh, and I think he's going to be a 20-home run guy, um, which helps a lot because I still believe he's going to be an average or better hitter. So this is a really good player with plus speed that can stay in yeah. short or play whatever position you want him to. Everything we said about Spencer Steer, re-envision that with plus speed. Uh, that's what I think Matt McClain is ultimately going to be with a little bit more time to develop the hit tool side of things. What's his zone contact right now? Zone contact on Matt McClain. Because you mentioned the last 50 games is 90% for sure. Yeah, I know. That's that's the craziest part. Like, Steer is closer to a 60 hit tool, if we're going to be honest. Like, after what we saw last year, McClain is closer to 80% zone contact. This was the only thing that I pushed back on you pre-record was, you sure McClain over Steer? And you make the great argument, right? It's you give McClain more time. Like, he's pretty much two years younger than Steer. If, if you took 23-year-old Spencer Steer and compared him to Matt McClain right now, it, you'd get laughed out of the building. Correct. So let's give Correct. Matt McClain a year and a half and see where he's at. And, yeah. and I think it's going to be better than Spencer Steer. And I think yeah. he's going to be in the big leagues before a year and a half. So that's, that's what, and that's what we had that conversation before we recorded. And I asked you, you know, if I told you, hey, you have a year and a half to two years for Matt McClain to be better than Spencer Steer, how would you feel about that? And you'd say, what, what was your thoughts? My thought was like, yes, I probably yeah. do feel better about that. And I mean, that's the proximity conversation, right? It's like, yeah. yes, I feel better about McLean being better than Steer in a year and a half. But right now, I think Steer's the better player. Um, so, yeah, like that's, I don't envy you for having to rank these guys. <laughs> Ultimately, you know, an above average season at double A was just enough proximity and in the very clear swing decision alteration that needs to be made. I think you can make that change. I, I think that's something that will come with more ABs. Yeah. Number four, a guy that definitely needs more ABs, uh, but I'm really excited to see what he's going to do. One of the main pieces uh, alongside Noel V. Marte and that Luis Castillo deal, Edwin Arroyo, shortstop, played in low A, 19 years old, switch hitter. This guy's really good, man, in terms of the defense. I think he's a plus defender, ultimately, at shortstop. I think he's going to blossom into an above-average hitter. While the power is fringy, like average raw power, he taps into every ounce of it by lifting the ball really well. I mean, this is a guy that uses every ounce of his body. You look at his setup, it's an open swing, like an open stance, really stacked in the back, like really athletic swing. Um, And he gets into – Every ounce of his lower half to tap into that power, it's just the consistency there of syncing everything up. But he lifts the ball well. He gets good carry, and I think this is somebody that's going to at least have average power with above-average speed and plus defensive ability at shortstop. It's a really nice prospect as a switch hitter. Yeah, 100%. He, he's so young, so like obviously I don't have the looks of him as I do – of McLean and Steer and the guys that we're going to get to here as well. But Arroyo, what were his stolen base numbers this past year? Like they were pretty excellent. Really good. I believe he stole, and I have it right here, 25 bags on 31 tries. Yeah. So, you know, that, that, that's kind of my thing. Like, is he a 55 runner? You've got 55 on him right he's, now? He's not. Yes. By run times, yes. 
Okay. But he's a good base Got it. Um, yeah, I mean, like Arroyo, he just seems like almost what Noel V. Marte isn't, right? It's yeah. Oh, if you put them together, ooh. You know, yeah, you create this, this insane prospect. You create almost the perfect shortstop prospect, although you could argue that the Reds do have the perfect shortstop prospect. <laughs> um, but, yeah, if you combine Arroyo and Marte, you have maybe the most well-rounded 20-year-old shortstop prospect you've ever seen in your life. But Arroyo is – my worry is he's he's a 40-power guy, right, yeah. just because he's so thin – but he's 19 years old. I got to give him a moment. And that's the thing is if he, if he adds a little bit of strength with the ability to, to hit the ball in the air that he has. And this is another guy that just backspins baseballs, man, just has a feel to generate carry. Doesn't put the ball on the ground. He's going to, even if he's 50 raw, like it could be 50 game, especially in great American ballpark. So I have confidence that he will tap into every ounce of the raw power in game as he continues to mature as a hitter. Um, and especially as a switch hitter, I, I like the swing from both sides. And ultimately, the glove is going to be where the value really comes. And if you have a switch hitter with you know, average, slightly above average power and above average field to hit, who plays great defense at short, that's a really, really good baseball player, man. So yeah. uh, I'm excited to see how Arroyo matures. He just turned 19 years old. He'll still be 19 years old by the time the season starts. Uh, but he's definitely a top 100 prospect and has maybe not as much upside to dream on as some other top 100 guys, but the floor is is pretty high with the glove, and there's still enough to dream on in terms of his ability to tap into game power as a switch hitter with above average speed. So this should be a fun year for Arroyo and, and what I presume will be high A, and maybe he'll get a taste of double A. Cool. We get to number three, and it's Cam Collier, third baseman, Hasn't played above the complex, and I still am already just all in on this guy's offensive abilities. He was the 18th overall pick in the 2022 draft, somehow fell there. We've talked about how it was great for the Reds to not only take him, find a way to shuffle around money to give him that $5 million signing bonus, which was well over slot. Um, this guy, we've talked about the route that he took, you know, as the Juco guy, uh, 17 year old at Juco, then went and performed on the Cape pretty well, given how young he was. I mean, just look at the swing here. It reminds me of MJ Melendez, the way he's able to kind of start with his hands close, get into the back hip and really just have that fluid, fluid swing, use the lower half so well. And it's it's a really unique swing in some ways, but I think it's going to play and he's going to just climb through really quickly. He has such a good feel for his lower half already. The bat speed is impressive. And I think he's going to develop into 70 raw power. Um, I'm such a big fan of Collier's and I think he's going to – Climb pretty quickly for how young he is, and he could generate what is a very rare combination of plus plus hit tool and plus power. You don't see that very often. That's usually reserved for some of the best prospects in baseball. I have little to no video available to watch Cam Collier, but what I will say is the gif that is in this article is the most advanced swing you will ever see from an 18-year-old in your life. <laughs> right. It's unbelievable. And he already hit a home run. I think it was like 450 feet at the complex. But how advanced that swing is, is remarkable. Like the, the, it took MJ Melendez a season of really struggling and then getting to a swing that looked like this to have the year that he had. Um, and obviously Collier has to do a lot of different things in terms of maturing at the plate. But I talked to Pete Flaherty, uh, who, by the way, the man took an awesome gig at Baseball America as their college mm -hmm. baseball guy and draft guy. 
He's one of the best baseball minds I know. He praised Collier's makeup, but also his swing decisions, said elite swing decisions at the plate. So when you have this advanced swing, an advanced approach, and plus power to dream on and already tapping into what is signs of plus power, how can you not be all in on this kid? Plus arm at third. He's going to be an above average defender there as well. This is a really good baseball player already, and he just turned 18 years old. He's got all the time in the world, and I have a feeling that he's going to be one of the younger guys to debut in recent memory. I think he could debut around his 20th birthday. Yeah, I was going to say, do you think he can be – he just turned 18. Just turned 18. Okay, so his entire age – he'll be 18 for the entirety of this year. Um, I believe he so. Starts, he starts the year in low A, right? And then let's call it a half year in low A, half year in high A. Yep. I think at 19 years old, maybe half year in high A or a month in high A. And then he makes the move to double. He could get to triple as a 19 year old. Yep. You don't see that from high school drafted bats. (laughs) You just don't. You don't. Not in today's game. Not with how, how hard the ringer is in the minor leagues. That's how good this guy is. That's, um, that's how advanced like have, this kid is. This kid is. That's how good this a, kid is. Right. You have a 2026 ETA on this guy, and you think, oh, my God, that's so far away. He's going to be like damaged goods at that point. He's so old. No, he's 21 right now in his yeah. ETA. Yeah. And that's like – I. I think he's going to beat it. I think he could beat it, but I just have to be realistic. there. Like, right. I, I can't put, tw- I don't even want to put a 2025 on him. That's like not fair to him. Um, right. Fangraphs has a 2028 on him. I think that's crazy. It's not going to be 28. Yeah. I don't know what, Re- what that respect. Am I allowed to curse? Yeah. That's bullshit. <laughs> I, um, I, I don't know. I don't even know what that means. Um, but yeah, this kid is special and I can't wait to see what he's going to do this year and beyond. We get to number two. And honestly, man, like Noel V. Marte, he's a really solid prospect. I just dropped the shortstop thing now. He's a third baseman. Like, let's be clear. He played in the Arizona Fall League and played every single game at third. I'm sure that they'll play him a little bit at short uh, in the minor leagues to just kind of keep that going. But he's the third baseman long term. It just doesn't move well enough at short. Uh, but that, you know, docked him a little bit. Still, it's more of a testament to Collier. Collier is closer to Marte than you know a lot of people may think in terms of of the two and three here. But I think that a lot of people are starting to see that that gap bridged a little bit. Um, Marte though is still also a very young guy and suffering from prospect fatigue big time right now. I'm seeing him fall on a lot of rankings, and look, I get it. Um, there's major issues with nah, I wouldn't say major because he still hit really well last year um, and we can pull up the stats, but there's a guy that is just really needs to work on using the whole field. He is out and around everything. And I specifically pulled this gift and I hate to do my man, Jackson Wolf dirty because he, I love Jackson Wolf, but yeah. this gift here. And for those that are listening, it's a fastball that is 87, 88 miles an hour. It's on the outer half and Marte pulls it for a home run. And that's part of the reason why stats are so solid is that he can get away with this stuff, right? This is a fastball that's outer half. He pulls it for a home run over the left field wall. When he starts to face better pitching and a higher velo and the scouting report is out, it's going to be harder and harder and harder for him. The reason why I still really like Marte and, and I think it's, it's a little harsh what we're seeing on him in terms of, you know, the, the docking of his prospect status is that, 
His bat to ball skills are remarkable for a guy that is out and around everything, trying to pull everything, rolling over on everything, chasing breaking balls, maybe not having the best approach. 86, 87 percent zone contact. He hit 19 home runs in 115 high A games. He struck out right around 19, 20 percent of the time and also walked, you know, 12, 13 percent of the time with a bad approach. If this kid can just use the whole field, he's going to be a really good hitter, and he's going to be really close to that 55-hit tool, which is almost fringe plus. It's plus raw power. He puts on shows in batting practice, but his inability to control his lower half, his flying open of the front shoulder and and desperation to do everything pull side causes him to rarely get off that A swing, which is resulting in a 90th percentile exit velocity that is far below – his max exit velocity, which is something that you don't see very often, but he's 21 years old, a few swing tweaks, and all of a sudden he's above average hit tool plus raw power. And we're like, wait, this guy wasn't in your top 30 prospects in baseball. How is that possible? So I'm not ready to give up on the kid, but I think the the, the defensive limitations combined with the approach issues are resulting in the prospect fatigue a little bit too, because he's been a name that's just been around for a while. Right. So the casual baseball fan is going to love Noel V. Marte. Absolutely be enamored because this gif, like this swing that you put in here is hot. It's objectively hot. Like <laughs> It's so cool. Um, he so looks sick. sick. He's taking a guy that throws exactly like Chris Sale to <laughs> Mars. Um, I mean, it's like there, everything about him screams, this guy's going to have a homer that goes viral on Twitter because it's so beautiful. But what's going to be tough is the Jason Hayward thing, which is what did him in Chicago, where it was just everything, whether it was an inside fastball, an outside fastball, a breaking ball away, a breaking ball running in on his hands. It was just a number over to the first baseman. Like Marte yeah. is going to roll over so many balls and send dribblers to third constantly. But yeah. when he gets a hold of one, it's going to be hot. Yeah. Well, and that's the craziest part, man. It's you'd expect him to be this like 26, 27% strikeout guy. He's not because he has such a good feel for the barrel. And that's why I'm like, okay, he doesn't even need to have a good approach. It could just be like kind of bad. Yeah. And he'll be good. Like just use the whole field. And there's times where I, I was able to, I literally did a cue of, I don't want anything to the left of center field. And I was looking at some of the swings. Some of them were like ass out singles that he was fighting his body so hard and still. But there was a few where he let the ball travel. He drove it the other way. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, that's the difference from this guy being a perennial all-star and 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 what he is now, which is still a top 50, top 40 prospect in the game. Yeah. Again, 86% zone contact with those approach issues is phenomenal. Um, the raw power is extremely exciting and, and Again, the discrepancy between a guy that can hit 114 miles an hour and a 90th percentile that's around 103 miles an hour is, is kind of wild because it just shows you how infrequently he's getting his A swing off and how his body is taking him out of the equation. I call it spinny. You know, your guy gets too spinny from, from that launch position. First move is to pull off, bat drags, and you just sap your power. I wish you could look at the spray chart I'm looking at right now, Jack. If you could see the density over at third and shortstop of how many times he rolled over. It's remarkable to me that this guy still hit 275 with that issue. He's always going to be a high Babbitt guy because he hits the ball hard um, if he doesn't roll over that that much. 
And even with rolling over that much, still had a relatively high BABIP. And I can't praise enough the way this guy's able to manipulate the barrel. Like even when his body's totally gone, he's so good with his hands that he still somehow finds a way to flip the ball, uh, you know, up the middle for a hit or or just chop one through third and shortstop. 21 years old and a young 21. Good numbers in high A, struggled in the fall league. And I think he was even trying to sell out for power even more so there. Double A might be a wake-up call for him, and it might be good. Or he already had that wake-up call in the fall league where he struggled. I'm not putting hey, that much It's hard to have a wake-up call in the fall league. Which is beautiful. That's great. This guy is a third baseman as the offensive profile to carry there. I think he could be a, an average defensive third baseman. He's got enough speed to, even though I think he's going to slow down, steal 15, 20 bags. I really do think that this guy is going to hit enough. And I think he's going to be a blend of an average hitter, even if the approach doesn't totally come around, and plus – power that's going to play in great American ballpark. Just please hit the ball the other way. I'm begging Noel V Marte. It's, it's similar to the Ozzy Albi stop hitting from the left side and just hit righty. Like if Noel V Marte can just go the other way a little bit, that hit tool is, is French plus, but that's the one thing that's holding him back right now. A hundredth percentile outcome. Do you think he can be a Homer? Do you think he could be a 30 Homer guy for the yes. Reds? hundredth percentile outcome. He's 280. 360 and 30 bombs. Damn. That's how good the bat to ball skills are. When you want to talk about 100th percentile outcomes, what's the 100th percentile outcome of our number one prospect for the Cincinnati Reds? Um, can, yeah. Can I do like the quick briefing and then I, I let you follow for this one? Do whatever. It says the floor is yours, my friend. Five words. Alien life form with swing and miss six words <laughs> kind of six <laughs> yeah anything else i mean he's just like he's i i actually want you to do it like that that's my takeaway like this guy is perfect in every aspect of baseball except for the strikeout numbers yeah so this was a fun dive and i encourage like i can't break it all down uh on here because we'll be here for another hour um this was one of the longer write-ups you'll see on any prospect I, I've written up. So you know, go over to, to that link in the description and you can go see it. Really interesting case here of, first of all, 80 raw power that he, he's 70 present, but this is a wiry guy that I think could add 20 pounds of muscle and you wouldn't even notice it. That's how much projection there is on his frame. So easy 80 raw power when it's all said and done. This guy's a 90th percentile exit velocity of 108 miles an hour. That's best in the organization. Um, no one's sniffing that. This guy it has a disputed 500-foot home run. I don't care. Okay, then there's another one that he hit 490-whatever feet. Uh, and I yeah. promise you, I think by the time it's all said and done, he'll have a 500-foot home run, 500 foot home run under his belt. Um, the interesting part is talk about a guy with no semblance of, of an approach, really, but it got better as the year went on, just purely on natural ability. Um, and, you know, I we could go back to the first time I texted you about this guy, and I'm like, Dude, I dug in some old video. This guy might be the freakiest player I've ever seen in my life, but he looks like he has no idea like what's going on on the baseball field. And it just is slowly progressed, and, and you can see a guy that's worked really hard. Reports are that he's worked hard on his English. He's worked hard on his defense. He's worked hard on his approach. He's worked hard on a swing. Um, so intangibles off the charts. Can I and say that working – can I say real quick that working really hard on your English is like a telltale sign of these guys work ethic? Like oh, absolutely. Of, it's hard as hell. It's sale, sale and sale. Like we, we, this language sucks. This like, language I, I, wouldn't, sucks. I wouldn't want to learn it. I wouldn't want to learn no. it. 
Me neither. Um, but the best Latin prospects in the game guarantee you 80 to 90 percent of them are better English speakers than like the middling Latin guys on that team at that level. Because they know in order to be as successful as they want to, they want to A, communicate with their teammates effectively, B, communicate with any coach that they come across effectively, and C, not put themselves in stressful situations in public, either with media, with the community, anything like that. So these guys want to be an American superstar player. They want to be a superstar player in America. Um, And and Ellie De La Cruz, if he's working really hard on his English, I believe that he's got to be working twice as hard on everything else on the baseball field. A hundred percent. And Ezekiel Tovar, similar thing. Yes. Got Julio Rodriguez, same thing. Julio is better at English than most. Dude, I I, I got the chance to even just say hello to to Julio at the BWAA thing. And like his his English is, is... from the first interviews that I've seen with him to where it is now, like I can't emphasize how hard it is to have the major league, the job of trying to compete in the major leagues and then also learn a language, man. Like, I mean, I, I struggled to juggle Spanish in college, you know, with everything else that I had going on. Like, so it is a testament to work ethic in a lot of different ways in a microcosm of, of, you know, what is a really impressive athlete. But how about the fact that he's a 70 runner, 80 raw power. He's already tapping into his power in games his defense at shortstop just got better as the year went on. His actions are a little shaky, um, but they got better. Hose for an arm, 70 arm. Uh, range is crazy. I think he could be an above average shortstop. I think he could be a gold glove third baseman. The way we talk about Brian Hayes, who was a solid shortstop, now one of the best third basemen in baseball. I think Elie Dela Cruz can kind of be cut from the same cloth, so it's going to be interesting to see how they decide to do that and go about that. Um, but either way, doesn't really matter. This guy's left-handed swing is, is ahead of his right-handed swing. And this is why I don't have as much concern about the hit tool, which right now is 40 and 45 future. 84, 85% zone contact from the left side in double A as a 20-year-old with a bad approach. <laughs> like we're talking about 35 plus percent chase rates. So the, the field of hit from the left side is good. What really docks him is the the right side. He struck out 32% of the time from the right side. His zone contact was like 74% from the right side. It's a swing that he just doesn't control as well. He's heavy on his front foot. It's a flatter swing. Um, He still has the power from that side. And look, he still put up a 730 OPS from the right side. So he if, if you're going to be better from one side, have it be the left. And okay, you don't have to worry about hitting left on left. If you're an average hitter from the right side, that's fine. Um, so I, I'm looking at a guy here that I think is going to blossom into at least an average hitter from the left side, below average hitter from the right side, but he's going to dominate so much from the left side and hit for enough power from the right side that you won't really think about it. 109 90th percentile exit velocity from the left side too. Um, so everything is better lefty. That is fine. I love a switch hitter that's better from the left side. If he cuts down on the chase rates, he's going to walk a ton because no one's going to want to pitch this guy. But at the same time, you're not going to want to put him on because he, he stole how many bags? Do you have it in front of you? What was it? Uh, north of 50, right? Yeah, it's got to be. Uh, it was 48 on 54 tries. Oh. So it's not a guy you want to put on the bases anyway, which really plays into things well. Because if you're an aggressive hitter, be an aggressive hitter that nobody wants to put on base. Because at that point, you're going to see more pitches to hit. So I think – what is the ceiling, Jack? I want, I want you to sound stupid. What's the ceiling? Well, you always want me to sound stupid. Yes. What's the ceiling? I don't want to. 40 40? 
I don't want to talk about it. No, I mean, his ceiling's <laughs> fucking 50-50, dude. Like, he's, <laughs> yeah, it's insane. Like, his ceiling has never before seen shit over yeah. 162. I, I promise it's 50-50. Like, that's his <laughs> ceiling, which is insane. Um, I mean, he is – he and O'Neill Cruz are, like, kind of the same guy, right? O- O'Neill ceiling is 50-50, right? Ceiling yeah. is – 122 mile an hour double off the wall at PNC and a hundredth percentile in sprint speed. That's Ellie De La Cruz, except he hits right-handed too. Yeah. I, it's, it's so, so fascinating to me that we have these guys when the NBA is getting Victor Wembanyama next year. Like right. we're, you know, we're just getting, and like Mahomes is already in the, in the NFL, right? He's, he's getting prepped for another Super Bowl. I mean, you got to appreciate these guys that do things that you can never dream of doing 10% of that in your life. If you commit your entire life to trying to hit a ball 120 miles an hour, you or I, the hardest we're ever going to hit a ball is what, 90, 95? If we commit our life to it, maybe Uh, we could could break 100 if we commit our lives to it. Okay, so 105. He's going to hit one 122 miles an hour. He yeah. and O'Neal are going to keep going back and forth, hitting balls 122, 123. They're yeah. hitting balls harder than Stanton. They're hitting balls harder than Judd. They're hitting balls harder than Alonzo, than Otani. I mean, these two are gifts from God to baseball. And, you know, it's just a matter of, of can they hit that ceiling? And we don't have much precedent. So that's why, like, the, the ceiling yeah, is 40-40. The, the ceiling is 40-40 and whatever the hell else. And and good defense or potentially elite for Elito Cruz at third. The last thing I want to mention here is, you know, Elito Cruz is 6'5", maybe 6'6". His body control is remarkable. Usually guys that are this tall, and he struggled with this before, you know, kind of drift with the lower half, roll over more frequently, don't get the ball in the air enough. This swing is a perfect example of like he lifts the ball so well, already has such good control of his body and uses that athleticism so well from the left side. Again, 84%, 83, 84% zone contact is really good for a guy that's swinging out of his shoes sometimes, still needs to work on the approach and was 20 years old in double A. He could actually end up being a, a better than average hitter from the left side, right side. You know, not I don't feel as optimistic about. Uh, but again, this is a guy that was really not making good swing decisions and still did what he did. What does an Ellie De La Cruz with a better approach look like and just more mature and just more well-rounded of a hitter? I can't wait to find out. And I think this guy could be the best prospect in baseball. Uh, depending on the graduation of some guys and whatever, I'm I'm pretty prepared. It's going to be Jordan Walker, Ellie De La Cruz, maybe maybe some others. I'm very prepared to make Ellie De La Cruz the number one prospect in baseball once some guys graduate ahead of him. Yeah, it'll be Walker, Ellie, and Victor Victor Mesa. <laughs> hey, chill. You know that's 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 too far. Um, but again, shows you what the crapshoot is of international free agency, right? Five yep. million dollars for Victor Victor Mesa, sixty-five k for Ellie De La Cruz. You never- and what ten k for Andy Rodriguez? 10k you never freaking know can't wait to see what Ellie de la cruz is going to look like we'll have more on him when we break down the top 100 prospects in a few weeks that'll do it for part two if you're listening on the audio side of this rundown of the cincinnati reds farm system if you're watching on youtube i hope you enjoyed this one very long video we'll have more farm system breakdowns coming for you next week uh, a redraft coming up very soon and an interview potentially 
with a really exciting pitching prospect that I know you will enjoy. So plenty ahead. Make sure you subscribe, whether it's on the audio side or video side. Any final thoughts, Jack, as we call it an episode? This is a crazy, crazy farm system. I I think it's one of the best in baseball. Um, It's what? It's the Dodgers, the Guardians, the Orioles, and probably the Reds. I think they're right there, man. Yankees, Reds are right there, and I think they're the the that that's one I'd like to compare side by side. But they're both right in that same conversation with the top five, and that's why this took us over an hour and a half. So that'll do it for this episode. We look forward to talking more prospects with you later this week. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.